We are bringing back the Lombardi Trophy to Philadelphia. The greatest fans of the world have their Super Bowl. Welcome back to the British Eagles podcast in association with Passionk Avenue. It's the weekly edition of the Time of Possession podcast. In the game against the Falcons, the Eagles had the ball for 30 minutes, 31 seconds, which is how long me and my guests have to review and preview the upcoming game. My guest this week needs no introduction. It's Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. Dave, how are you? Hi, Anthony. I'm doing fine. Thank you. I'm not injured, which is something different around here. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that um, right at the outset then. The Eagles um, came away from Atlanta with a, a 24-20 loss. The word resilience has been bandied about a lot, as has the word injuries. There's been more focus on the Eagles' medical staff with the soft tissue injuries and things like that. Is there anything new to, to advise us on from the injury standpoint? Yeah, at this point, no. It's very, um, very uncertain as of Thursday who's playing on Sunday. And it's really critical, obviously, with so many key pieces of the offense in question that the Eagles get some clarity. But, you know, at this point, every, everybody literally is day-to-day. And I know that sometimes people believe, oh, they're just hiding behind that. In this case, the truth is that they're very much day-to-day. It's, uh, I don't know if Alshon Jeffrey will play. I don't know if Dallas Goddard or Deshaun Jackson will play. Um, every day that goes by that they don't practice, though, is another lean toward them not playing. So, I, you know, we're hopeful, but um, it, it doesn't look particularly promising. But because there's been such a focus on, on the injuries, is there a, a storyline that no one's talking about that they should be talking about? Well, I think you'd have to ask a lot of teams in the league. There's a lot of teams that have these kinds of injuries. The Chargers are wrecked with injuries. I mean, every Cowboys, Redskins. I mean, I don't know why there's it's happening, um, but fortunately, the good news is it doesn't seem to be like it's going to be season-long injuries at this point. Um, but yeah, players are are going down very quickly. It's it's a physical physical game, and you know they don't play a lot in the preseason, and maybe that contributes to it. But uh, it's very unfortunate that the Eagles. Missed three of their key players offensively and one defensively on Sunday night. They would have won that game against Atlanta. And that they come into this situation where they play Detroit on Sunday and then they play Green Bay five days later. Uh, those Both of those games very much in question. Thinking about the, the positives from this entire situation, you've got to look at people like J.J. Ortega-Whiteside and Matt Collins and the increased number of reps there. They're getting this early on in the season. How, how will that stand them in good stead for later on in the year? Yeah, you hope that that benefits. But really, Anthony, at this point, all you care about is finding a way to win a game. And there's no nobody cares about style points or how much you win by or the, any of that. You, you've got to win games. And frankly, the Eagles are in a very urgent situation with this game. Uh, you do not want to go into Green Bay with a one and two record. So, yeah, down the line, will it benefit JJ and Max? Sure. But for right now, you don't want to sacrifice a loss for potential gains down down the line. It's, they have to play. If they are called upon to play on Sunday, they have to play well. 
And a reoccurring theme for, for the Eagles over the last season or so has been their, their first sort of quarter performance and the, the, the slow start that they're having. Obviously, the, the game against the Falcons, we can attribute that to, to injuries, but it, it's a sort of been a, sort of over the last 12 months. Is there anything that's, that's yeah. obvious there? or? Yeah, I mean, it, it, honestly, it, as you might imagine, everybody's asking that question every day here. In 2017... The Eagles scored 106 points in the first quarter. 106 points. That's amazing. Top three in the league. Last year, that dropped to 41 points, 31st in the league. Why? Nobody knows. Mistakes, penalties, missed opportunities, turnovers. And then they've started out the same way here the first two games of 2019. So, it And it's something that Doug Peterson stressed throughout the summer. The idea of, you know starting fast and and being great and they just haven't been able to do it and anthony this team plays so much differently with a lead they're much more aggressive offensively they are able to dictate uh with the defense they don't give up the big plays with the defense they get the run game going offensively so playing with a lead is of, of paramount importance and the eagles have just not been able to do it just flipping across to the other side of the ball um, against the Falcons. I, I think there was a lot of Eagles fans who were like me. I was just so excited to see them blitzing. It took me back to the days of, of Jim Johnson and, and Andy Reid and the, the blitzers coming from all sides of, of the defense. Jim Schwartz isn't known for, for blitzing. Do you think it's going to be back to normal for the, for the Lions game? Well, here's the thing that you have to understand. First of all, I think he blitzed 12 times, which is about what other teams blitz. Um, and if obviously that last play that Julio Jones touchdown was on a blitz. Mm. You don't want a blitz. Okay, it sounds great. Oh, let's. But ideally, you get home with four people, four pass rushers, and then you play seven in coverage. And Jim Johnson has been able to do that in his career because he's had a dominant defensive line. And this D line was going to be a strong point of this football team going into the season with Malik Jackson. Tim Jernigan, Fletcher Cox, collapsing the inside of the pocket. Great. And then you lose two of those players, boom, within two weeks. So if you don't want to, you, you know, you don't want to blitz. You maybe here and there catch them by surprise. But what's happening now is that the Eagles have to rely on the blitz to generate pressure. And that puts a tremendous strain on your coverage players. And the Eagles have given up way too many big plays down the field. So while the fans may get all excited about a pass rush that's generated by the blitz, the reality is that you're much more successful when you blitz with just four players. And the Eagles have not been able to do that. They've got two blitzes and two, uh, two, two quarterback sacks in two games, one by Tim Jernigan and one by safety, Andrews and Dejo. That is not a formula for success. You mentioned the the coverage group. How's the the cornerback group shaping up? There's a lot of focus on that in, in the off season. And how's it yeah. going for the first two games? Yeah, it's been a, it's been a struggle. I mean, frankly, they a lot of big plays. Washington in week one, Anthony went down the field on the Eagles, had some success. Very disappointing to see that. Now the Eagles gathered themselves in the second half and really played a dominating defensive game. 
And then on Sunday night in Atlanta, Matt Ryan threw the ball down the field, by my count, eight times. Eight times. So what does that mean? That means that, A, he's got time to set up and throw the ball. The pass rush isn't there. And, B, teams now believe they can go after the Eagles deep. And I would expect the Detroit Lions to do that as well on Sunday. So when you play with a lead, that changes everything, right? You kind of you kind of look for that that deep throw. You, you kind of take it away, right? You, you're able to stop the run so they don't throw they don't throw it deep. So it's just interesting. Like it's it, it's been a struggle. It's it, again a position of a lot of promise. Sidney Jones, year three, has to step up. Played pretty well in Atlanta. Ronald Darby coming back from the the knee injury has been picked on 12 targets last week, uh, uh, seven completions, a touchdown allowed. And I'll tell you what, Detroit's got some big play receivers and a big quarterback who's got a great arm. Um, Avante Maddox has been okay in the slot. Rasul Douglas, okay as a fourth quarterback. But they don't have Jalen Mills who suffered a foot injury when the Eagles played in London. And they don't have Craven LeBlanc, who's the nickel cornerback, who suffered a foot injury in training camp. So they're down a couple of players, and those who have played have just not been as good as they need to be in combination with a pass rush that has not gotten home. So it's been a difficult proposition for the Eagles, who more than anything do not want to give up the big play down the field. They've done a good job against the run. They've allowed 2.8 yards per carry against the run. And the thinking is, hey, stop the run and everything else falls into place. Well, the Eagles have stopped the run, but they're still giving up way too many big plays. Sticking with the subject of the the cornerback groups, every time a star player in the league appears to become available, the Eagles are one of the teams that are inevitably linked to them. Is is there any sort of buzz or rumour in the building about Jalen Ramsey? No, not not a word. Not a word. I mean, just on the subject of star players. A lot of buzz among the media and the fans. A lot of buzz among the media and the fans, but no, no buzz in the building. I, I don't have any idea, um, the possibilities. But I will say this: Jalen Ramsey is a terrific player, and I'm sure the Jags, if they trade him, would want multiple draft picks or a combination of a, a couple of high, you know, draft picks and a player. That's a very, 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 very premium price to play, to, to pay for somebody. Um, so I don't know who would be, I don't know who would have that kind of capital to trade for Jalen Ramsey. And then, by the way, Jalen Ramsey, wherever he goes, is going to want to be the highest paid cornerback in the league, is going to want to get the biggest number. Um, it's a, it's, I just don't see it happening. I, don't, I really don't see him being traded for what the Jacksonville Jaguars want for him. Out of interest, another player that sort of cropped up in being linked to the Eagles when he was apparently available was Antonio Brown. Again, anything there in terms of interest from the Eagles? Uh, not that I'm aware of, no. Okay. So that was the Falcons game. The message was, um, you know, resilience and, you know, almost yep. getting over the line and inches away. The tension now turns to the Detroit Lions. What, what You've you mentioned that the big threat receivers, the big quarterback. What, what are the threats from the Lions that you see? Yeah, you know, so the Lions, nobody talks about them. Uh, they came off a big win last week against the Los Angeles uh, Chargers, who are a very good offense. 
They only scored 10 points against the Lions. They shut down Phillip Rivers. They offensively don't run the ball particularly well, but they've got Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones, two outstanding receivers. TJ Hawkinson is a rookie tight end who's excellent. Matt Stafford, a big arm quarterback, has given the Eagles a lot of problems in the last couple of meetings. So, you know, what the Eagles didn't do in Atlanta was win the line of scrimmage. They must win the line of scrimmage Sunday against Detroit, or Detroit will get big plays on them. And now defensively, they've got some good cornerbacks, uh, not a great pass rush. They've given up 5.2 yards per rushing attempt. So on paper, you try to come in and run the football against Detroit and control the line of scrimmage. And that all looks great, Anthony. But as we saw on Sunday, the blueprint always, you know, does not always come true. Um, so I think it's a tough game. I think people need to take the Detroit Lions seriously. And hopefully the Philadelphia Eagles will do that. We just don't know which Philadelphia Eagles are going to be playing in this game. But it is so important to come out, score points early, put Detroit in a hole, and then go from there. Otherwise, coming from behind again is just a really difficult way to play football and is a very difficult way to win football games in this league. And with all the injuries, I assume it's incredibly hard to even talk about or think about a prediction in terms of how the game's going to go. Well, I don't know. You know, look, I, I think the Eagles, with the way Carson's playing, I would think that there'd be a, a tremendous amount of motivation. I think the offensive and defensive lines are, are looking to rebound after tough games on Sunday night. I mean, I look for an Eagles victory, but when you don't, right, when you don't know who's playing, it's hard to get a feel. Um, the fact that the Eagles have had a week to prepare for this potentially uh, stripped down version of the offense helps. But yeah, it's if the Eagles were lining up with their 100% of their lineup, I would feel very, very confident that this team will play a great football game and and dominate Detroit. But it's hard to say that now. But you mentioned having a week to prepare. I just want to touch on the Green Bay game. Obviously, there's it's the Thursday night game. It's the short turnaround. Yeah. Just take us through why it's so difficult to prepare for those games. You know, I've had players in the past, Anthony, you ask them the question, what does your body feel like after a football game? And they say, after a Sunday game, and they say, well, it feels like I've run into a brick wall. And then I say, well, at what point does it feel pretty close to normal? And they say generally maybe Wednesday. So in this instance, if that's the case, coming off that Sunday game, you know, you're coming back a matter of four days later. So your body's not ready. You haven't been able to really practice at that level. Um, it's Then you have to travel. So when you're in the air with the elevation, there's more swelling. And um, it's extremely taxing physically. And to get back up to that emotional level, it's also extremely challenging. And that's why you generally see la the football played is not at that level in you know the high level on a Thursday game. So then you're going to Lambeau Field, 
You're playing a great football team in Green Bay, an awesome quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. You know, very, very tough spot for the Philadelphia Eagles in week four, which makes week three so very important. Out of interest, just on the subject of that, you mentioned sort of players, you know, recovery times and the quality of the games on Thursday might not be as good if it was on a Sunday. Is there any, has there ever been any discussion about scrapping Thursday night football, especially with a collective bargaining agreement coming up? Yeah, there's been a lot of conversation. And here's why there's Thursday night football. You can imagine why, right? Money. Exactly. So if the players don't like it, they also have to realize that they lose that revenue stream. Now, are they interested in losing that revenue stream? No, of course not. That's the, you know, that's the big... Uh, so, you know, each team plays one game a year on Thursday nights. Is that a small price to pay for a large piece of revenue? Um, that's really the question that's going to come into play when the collective bargaining agreement is negotiated. Just going on to an interesting topic now of the, the collective bargaining agreement coming up. Do you, is there the possibility of a holdout, do you think? Oh, I don't know. I hope not. I think that they've had early conversations. Um, I think they've had a lot of good conversations. There seems to be an interest on both the player's side and the league side to get a deal done before the end of the 2020 season when the collective bargaining agreement expires. I, I'm optimistic that something will be resolved. You know, I think there's just too much money. There's too much success happening with the league to risk that with a, a, um, a disruption of the game. So I, I think that everybody realizes things are going very well for the league. There are some issues to, to work out an 18-game schedule, Thursday night games, those things. But for the most part, I feel like everybody is excited that there's a, a, a lot. The TV ratings are up. The in-stadium numbers are good. The revenue generated is strong. Players are really making a lot of money. Teams are making money. I mean, it's a very positive situation for a game that in this country dominates the TV ratings. I mean, absolutely dominates. Let's move away from the league in general. Let's talk about your role at the Eagles. Deshaun Jackson's back in the building. What, what's he like to interview after the, the years away he's had? Uh, Anthony, as happy as you could even imagine anybody would be. Uh, clearly the minute he walked back in after missing five seasons, he is so thrilled to be back in familiar territory with people that he knows loves him, a system that he understands, a city that he, he understands. Um, you know, unfortunately, he's got this injury right now. Hopefully it's not a long-term injury because he really was playing great, great football and playing with great enthusiasm and on the practice field every day. Everything was clicking for Deshaun Jackson. And hopefully it will be after this this speed bump is is out of the way and the Eagles and Deshaun can get back to making big plays together. So in terms of other interviews, out of the new arrivals that arrived at, in, in Philadelphia over the summer, is there anyone who stands out as being a, a good interview? You know, Malik Jackson was terrific. Uh, unfortunately, suffered a really nasty injury, so um, difficult there. I find Andre Dillard, Miles Sanders, and J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, two young, uh, three young kids, draft picks, 
uh, good kids, eager to learn, why eyes wide open kind of players. For the most part, everybody comes to Philadelphia and they say, you know, this is a great football city. This is a great sports culture here. And they respond to that. They they like being in an environment where sports matters a lot for the fans and for the media and ultimately for the players. So they're all they all seem like they're very invigorated. Vinnie Curry coming back was extremely happy as well. So, you know, it's hard to pinpoint any of them, but they certainly enjoy being in Philadelphia, which is a crazed, crazed football market. So on the on the flip side, is there anyone who was with the team last year who are not with the team this year for whatever reason that you, you miss speaking to and interviewing? Well, I always enjoyed Nick Foles, right? We all are very sad that Nick suffered that collarbone injury in his first game in Jacksonville. Hopefully he has a speedy recovery. But, uh, you know, look, everybody, look, Jordan Hicks was a great kid, really loved him, couldn't stay healthy. I miss all of them, and but you also understand that Life goes on. This is the National Football League where it just doesn't last very long. That's why they call it the not for long. And you just roll, you adapt, and you adjust with all the new faces. And you wish those who have left the best of luck and, and good long careers and, and a lot of uh, success. Just turning our attention now, there's a, a group trip coming from the UK for the Jets game. And as well as that group trip, there are individuals in the UK who make their own way out to Philadelphia to, to come and watch the Eagles play. So we'd like to give them as much advice and guidance as possible on what to do while they're out there. Is there any recommendations from yourself on where to eat and drink? Um, oh boy, you can't really go wrong. <laughs> Uh, everybody wants a great cheesesteak, so there's great cheesesteak places everywhere. The bread in Philadelphia is very good. The but 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 in in London and England the food is also excellent. So you know I, I'll tell you one thing that might be a fun event would be for next weekend. I think the baseball Phillies are in town, and I don't know how often you've Anthony ever been to an American baseball game, um, but it's a really fun event. Beautiful stadium. Um, that might be something you'd, you'd be interested in doing. That We should explore that for you next weekend. Oh, actually, it's two weekends, isn't it? Uh, hmm. I'm not sure. Well, if the Phillies make the playoffs, then there'll be great excitement here in town. Uh, but I don't know exactly uh, what's going to be happening. It's, it's fall. The weather's going to be nice and warm and beautiful and sunny. Uh, there'll be a lot of festivals in town. So make sure you just explore Philadelphia. Philadelphia is a really wonderful walking city. I urge everyone to get on bicycles or to walk and just explore the city, explore the Italian market, explore Reading Terminal Market. Uh, you'll see some very um, food that is very particular to Philadelphia, uh, whether it's the bread, the cheesesteaks, the seafood, what have you. Um, you'll enjoy Philadelphia and you'll feel very full when you leave this city. So you say it's a walking city. When you're walking around, what are the, the sites and the tourist attractions that people should be looking out for? Well, it's the, birth, it's the birthplace of American independence. So the Liberty Bell is here in our Independence Square with the uh, where the Independence uh, Hall is where um, the Declaration of Independence was signed. Uh, so there's some great American history there. Um, and then just, you know, just Philadelphia is a city of neighborhoods. You'll go from a Korean neighborhood to an Italian neighborhood to a Vietnamese neighborhood to an Irish neighborhood. 
you know, seemingly from one street to the next. So that's also really fun to do. But it's a vibrant city. It's a regenerated city. And um, we're really proud of how Philadelphia has become such a tourist destination and just really such an internationally recognized city for its arts and its culture. And on Sunday, on game day, what are the, the do's and don'ts for the, for the fans flying across in the UK? Well, just get here early, find some friends, have a few pints, have a great breakfast, get into the game early, and just have a wonderful time and be loud and be proud that you're an Eagles fan. Um, it's against the New York Jets. They're struggling. Um, hopefully the Eagles will be 3-1 and one at that point, and everybody will be healthy, and it'll be a big celebration of having everyone back. Let's hope so. From from your point of view and the work that you do with the content for the Eagles, there's been a, a slight change in the format for the podcasts this season, um, which launched a few weeks ago. Just take us through the, the thought process yeah. there and, and how people can uh, follow yeah, for, you online. For, our pod, for, for my podcast, the Eagles Insider Podcast, it is a, a get-to-know-the-Eagles-in-every-way podcast, on the field, off the field, really trying to dig into their personalities and and it's been very successful. The players have been extremely open to that. Uh, and then we have other podcasts. We have the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, which is very much of a X's and O's hardcore football podcast. And then we have a Journey to the Draft podcast, which is a podcast for those who would like to follow the college football players and who might be available in next summer, uh, next spring's draft. Uh, which obviously generates a lot of attention for the NFL. And then during the offseason, we do a, a Feeding the Birds podcast where we talk to the players about their eating habits and what foods they like and how important nutrition is to them and you know some of their favorites from their growing up time in their hometowns and and what it's you know how, what it's like to train on what they, what they need to put in their bodies to have optimal performances. And so we, we offer a range of these podcasts, Anthony, all available on our website, PhiladelphiaEagles.com, all available on our Eagles official app. And you'll often see a lot of references to them on our social media channels. So if you love the Philadelphia Eagles, we hope that you love and take part in our, in our podcast uh, network. And your book is still available to buy as well. Yeah. The book from the Super Bowl. We have a, uh, a, a, uh, shop over at the stadium and in the area some um a really great memorabilia shop uh that you will get all outfitted all you want with everything eagles so uh it is available and we're hopeful that we have another super bowl to write home about after the season bro what was the name of that shop dave it's at the pro shop at lincoln financial field okay so Brilliant. you'll see so, it when you come uh, over Sorry, go on, Dave. Yeah, you'll you'll see it when you come over to the stadium. Uh, that's why I urge everybody to get into the stadium area as early as you can. Fantastic. So before I let you go, Dave, final thoughts for the, the season ahead for the Philadelphia Eagles and what the UK fans um, have to look forward to? Yeah, I mean, honestly, at this point, it is very much game to game. I, it's hard to look ahead when you don't know the situation from a health standpoint. Eagles at a critical standpoint here for so early in the season – to me, this week feels like a must win. And obviously, mathematically, it's not a must win, but it just feels that way um, because it's just with all these injuries, it's so important 
for this football team to beat the Detroit Lions on Sunday. Huge, huge game. Excellent. Dave, thank you again for joining us on the British Eagles podcast. Anthony, thank you. I look forward to seeing you and all of the British fans who come over in two weeks. Uh, Really make sure you spend some time, say hello. Uh, Let me know what I can do to help make your trip more enjoyable in the city of brotherly and sisterly love. Fantastic. Can't wait to catch up, Dave. Thanks, Anthony. Look forward to seeing you. There's a lot of focus on the group trip out to Philadelphia. But as I said to Dave, there are also individuals making their way out there as well all all throughout the season. If you're one of those fans who have been out to Philadelphia already this season or are planning on going out, get in touch. We'd love to get you on the podcast to find out a little bit more about the trip and for you to be able to offer your advice and your guidance for others who are going to make the uh, flight across the Atlantic to Philly. With that group trip, there are spaces still available. It's As I record this, it's two weeks today. We will be flying to Philadelphia to get in touch with Touchdown Trips, who will be able to sort everything out for you with the flights, the accommodation and the tickets and everything else that you're going to need. There is going to be a UK meetup um, for the UK Eagles fans over here. And we're going to be taking in the Patriots game down at Passion Avenue. That's week 11. It's the 17th of November, I believe. We've got um, spaces in the Nick Foles bar, so keep an eye on our social media channels to uh, to how to get involved with that one. And the fantasy football is continuing to go strong. We hit week two. So some of the teams obviously went 2-0 and and some dropped to 0-2. And they're going to have a battle on their hands as they try and get back into playoff contention. We've got some amazing prizes up for grabs for the teams that are competing Thanks to our friends over at the Philadelphia Eagles who have sent across a signed Carson Wentz ball, signed Alshon Jeffrey Cleats and signed uh, Zach Ertz jersey. And then the runners up in all three leagues, um, our podcast partners, Passion Avenue, have kindly um, given us some prizes to, to give away to the runners up there. So the fantasy football is bigger and better this year. Um, we'll hopefully um, have it bigger and better next year as well. Um, we'll start doing more fantasy football updates and giving some some of the teams shout outs on the podcast um, to say how well they're doing so people can can follow along with that. Um, again, same format for next week. We'll have another great guest on. And until next time, fly, Eagles, fly. Fly, Eagles, fly.